Good morning, guys. Can everyone hear me without the mic? Yeah? No? Okay. Okay. Hey? I'm, I'm recording your... What I missed, Drift, what did you say? Oh, okay, good. That's the right question to ask. Trish, is your hearing aid on? Okay. Give me a sign. There you go. Click. Well, good morning, guys. It's good to be back. Thank you. Thank you so much for praying for my family. Um, and I wanted to just say thank you to you guys and to the leaders who really ste- like stepped up. And it was really awesome to hear after the last couple weeks, like what had gone on, what people were sharing, what God was doing. And I want to just commend all of you guys, because what we're seeing is that what we talked about last fall, about that shift of not just being observers, but being participants is actually happening. And God's blessing that. And there's all kinds of good coming from it already. So well done to you guys. Um, I heard just some of the feedback about some of the things that God was speaking, prayer requests, some of the Q&A questions and answers that came. I heard Audrey and Isaiah asked a question, which is really cool. Um, so just all kinds of good stuff. So thank you to the leaders and to you guys. And it's great to see that shift happening in our community. Um, and we're seeing it like even this morning. It's just so good to pray together and, and all those good things. Mm-hmm. Um, Today, guys, we're going to continue on our way of the way of Jesus series. And I wanted to just briefly just summarize the big idea of what it is we're talking about. And so I kind of touched on it the first week about this whole journey of becoming holy, becoming like Jesus and the two ditches we can often fall into. The one ditch of what you could say is like legalism of I do everything and God does nothing. I earn my salvation. I have to do works to earn his love and favor and to become like Jesus or the other ditch we could find ourselves in, which is kind of, you know, spiritual laziness in some way, or licentiousness, or um, like listlessness, lots of L's there, but, but that, that ditch being like, I do nothing and God does everything. Like he gets me up out of the morning to, to pray, he feels like we have to kind of find ourselves in the middle, like Jess was talking about, there's a tension here of a third way that actually I believe God's calling us to, which is actually the way of Jesus. And so that tension of the third way is both of those things are true, that God does something and I do something. And so what we want to think about is God's grace, which is God moving and acting on our behalf to accomplish something we could never accomplish on our own. That's part of our story. And then also the other thing we want to think about is our intelligent human effort meeting with that. And so that spirit-fueled response to engage in this whole process of, of training to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and to do what Jesus did. And so this whole series, we're going to be working towards the integration of both and rather than either or. That it's not just God who does everything and I do nothing, or it's not just me who does everything and God does nothing. It's that both. It's us partnering with God in the power of the Spirit in a response to the good news of the gospel. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today, is just the good news of the gospel. And how how do we respond? What, What does it look like to receive that? And I don't know about you guys, but I find it hard to receive gifts. Like, Christmas time, please don't look at me when I'm opening my gift. Birthdays, I'll go in the other room by myself. Um, But it's just, it's an awkward thing to receive things sometimes. Especially the more lavish the gift is, the more you're like, what do I even say? I can't say thank you enough. What does this look like? How does this work? 
And I was talking to a friend the other day, and they were telling me a story about how the, every Christmas they make cookies for their neighbors. And so they go around their neighborhood, and they give cookies to all the people that are, live kind of close to them. And he was saying about this one time he went, so his whole family shows up with a plate of cookies at a neighbor's house. They knock on the door, and the guy kind of is immediately uncomfortable. Like, who are these people probably, first of all? What do they have in their hand? And there's this awkward interchange of, like, them trying to get the cookies, and then he goes inside to try to find something to, to kind of pay for the cookies. He offers them money. And they're like, no, the, the point is that we just want to give you a gift. And the way that you receive this gift is just to eat the cookies. Just, just say thank you and eat the cookies. And I think that kind of is, is I, want, I want us to have that picture in our mind. Like, what does it look like to receive this lavish gift of a new life from Jesus? And how do we respond to that? Are we going to kind of go into our house and try to find something that we could give as, a, as, a, as an equal payment, which we'll never be able to find, or earn it? And it's like, no, it's a gift. And how, if it's a gift, how do we receive it? And how do we put it to its proper use? In that story, the cookie's proper use is to be eaten and enjoyed. And in this story of the gospel, this new life God gives us is also to be lived into and enjoyed and experienced to the full. We're supposed to taste and see that God is good. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to get you guys to help me. If you guys have your Bibles, if someone could find Titus chapter 2 and read verses 11 to 14. And if someone else wants to find Titus chapter 3 and read verses 4 to 7. So whenever you find it, go for it. Titus 2, 11 to 14. Titus 3, 4 to 7. Yeah, I got it. You got the second one? Yeah. Uh, let's wait for someone to find the first one. Okay. I have it, but I have it. Anyone can read, have it and can read it? <laughs> I have it. Okay. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Oh, I'm not supposed to read that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> and John, you got the verse 4 to 7? Yeah, uh, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Amen. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for what's already gone on in our gathering as we've been able to, to sing and declare truth, to praise you in the middle of whatever we're feeling, to be reminded of what you've accomplished for us, Lord, the gift of new life in Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for um, being able to pray and, and be challenged about that whole thing that you actually, God, you create the desire in us and you fulfill it. And so, Lord, my, my hope and prayer this morning is that as we ponder and think about the gift of eternal life, um, and as we look at you, the giver, that there would be um, a fresh um, breath uh, breathed into us, God, that we would look to the future with hope, um, that we would look to the past with thankfulness and gratitude, and that 
our lives would be marked, Lord, with joy and with gratefulness and um, with, with this new resolve that, that we can live differently, that we are filled with your spirit, God, that we are alive in you, and that's the best news that we could ever have. So, Lord, even as we're talking about this, would you, by your spirit, come um, minister to each and every one of us what needs to be um, ministered. Put, put things deeper into our understanding. Um, remove, uh, remove cloudiness, Lord, in our minds. I pray for there to be just clarity of speech from my end and, and also for open hearts and ears to hear the good news today. So we yield to you, God. Without you, we can do nothing. Um, but with you, Lord, we can do more than we could ever imagine. So thank you for that. We yield to you and, and just ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, guys. So we're going to talk about the gospel in four parts. We're going to talk about the giver of this gift, who is God. Um, we're going to talk about what is this gift of regeneration and renewal? Who are we as the recipients? And then how do we receive this gift? Okay. So much like the guy at the, in the story, um, my friend's family shows up. They are the giver of this gift. And so we want to look at who's giving this gift. That's a good place to start with any gift. The gift that we're talking about in, in eternal life is given to us by God. And so God himself is the giver of life. And I want us to just think about this for a second. He is extravagantly generous. If we think about the world that we live in, if we think about life itself, existence itself is a gift from God. So our God gives us honey. Our God gives us sex. Our God gives us steak. Our God gives us sunshine and sunsets and the beach. I don't think he gives us winter. Um, but, but ultimately, what we see in the story of Scripture is he outdoes himself by giving himself to us. He gives us himself. Um, and this is ultimately what we all long for, whether we even know it or not. We are, we are built for and long for union with God. And so God is, I want us to just think about this. God is a lavishly generous giver. Um, years ago, Jess and I worked uh, a job where we did uh, a retaining wall for this older gentleman. And he came out in the middle of us. We had just started. We hadn't even really done anything yet. And he just started to give us cash. He was like, you're doing such a great job. And just giving us like 20 bucks. And I was like, it doesn't look that good yet, man. And then he came out later and then he gave us another tip. And then he walked away and money was just falling out of his pocket. <laughs> And I went and collected it, and he was like, no, just, just keep it. And that, that's always stuck with me, because that's, that's God. Like, if we think about Jesus in the parables, the stories he tells, it's like, the, they're all, he's always giving more than is needed. If we think about him feeding the 5,000, there's all these baskets of food left over. Um, when he tells the disciples to cast their net on the other side, the, they catch so many fish that the boat starts to sink. There's this lavish nature about God that often we can forget. And I think the whole idea of sin and the way the enemy trips us up is he, he accuses God of, of being stingy. And not only stingy, he accuses God of, of, of being a God who gives gifts that aren't actually good. That he doesn't actually know what we need. And he's withholding things from us. And so that's where we kind of get at this whole wrong perception of God. But God is a lavishly generous, good giver. When God gives a gift, it's for the blessing of everybody involved. Sometimes we give gifts for our own selfish gain. But for God, it's always for the blessing of everyone involved. Our God, Father, Son, and Spirit exists eternally in this space and state of, of lavish generosity and overflowing love that spills out over into the world and into creating all that we see and all that we don't even see. 
And so God is lavish in who he is. Everything God is, he is that to the fullest measure. Okay, so if you think about the fact that as God describes himself in the Old Testament to Moses, he talks about being gracious and compassionate and full of mercy. And so God is that to the fullest measure. So God delights in his creation and he delights in gifting us favor that we do not deserve. And so he does that fully, completely, to the, to the max, nth degree, whatever you want to say. God is good. God is gracious. God is lavishly generous. And again, the, this gift, the, the way God expresses this most fully is in the giving up of himself and the laying down of his own life for us. So the gift of God, the, the lavish generosity of God is expressed most fully and clearly in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? So that's what we need to wrap our heads around first. The, the guys at the door giving the gift, we're looking, who's giving this gift? A really lavish, good, generous, others-centered, no-strings-attached giving God. And so what is this gift that we, we think about and we talk about as we as Christians kind of walk out our lives? This gift, the theological term for it would, would be regeneration or renewal. And so the question here is like, okay, okay, the giver is good, but is the gift actually good? Is it something that I even want? And the answer is yes, you do want this gift. Um, J. Rodman Williams, a theologian, says this. He said about regeneration or the gift of, of renewal. This is the greatest miracle that any person can experience. For while one remains the same person, he is born anew in the whole of his being. It happens by the agency of the spirit of the living God. So God's moving and living and rebirthing us as we are into new creations. It's incredible. So the, a, a simple definition of regeneration, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but just in summary, regeneration is a rebirth. Um, it's restoration after exile. And Jesus most famously talks about this with Nicodemus, where he's saying, hey, listen, you have to be born again. You have to be born from above. And so what he's saying is, hey, I, I'm going to offer you a new life, a new beginning. Your old life is not going well. Just own that. But I want to give you a new beginning. And not only a new beginning, it's not like, hey, I'm giving you a new beginning and you have to figure this out and sort this out on your own, in your own strength. That doesn't work. He's like, I'm going to give you a new beginning and a new source. So I'm going to give you a new source because I'm going to fill you with the spirit. This, this new life of, of new beginning in Jesus where he is our savior and this new source of life from the spirit, from God himself. This is good news. And so in the New Testament, regeneration is described in a bunch of different ways. And I'm just going to kind of go through them. Um, kind of rapid fire. And guys, I'm, I'm doing this intentionally. I'm trying to fill our minds with a bunch of stuff and kind of slowly move through to our hearts and to our hands, okay? So regeneration. First Peter 2 verse 9 talks about it being a transfer from the darkness, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Um, Ephesians 1 7 talks about it being rescue from bondage and the penalty of sin. Romans 6 13, it's a transfer from death to life. Uh, Galatians 4, we were slaves and now we're sons. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, we're a new creation in Christ. John 3, verse 1 to 8, Jesus talks about being born again from above. 2 Peter 1, verse 4, we're now participants um, and partakers of the divine nature. Romans 8, 12 to 17, we become joint heirs with Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 3, 16, we are seated with God in heavenly places. Amen? This is good news. So if we believe the gospel, if we receive this to be true, what we're saying by faith is we're joined with Christ, where we receive his life, his death, and his resurrection. And what's true of Jesus is now true of us, which is incredible. This is the gift that he's offering to us. 
So we're given a new beginning for life with God. We're leaving behind our own life of life without God and our own determination of what's good and right and worth pursuing. Um, we're, we're leaving behind all those, the penalty of that, the death that we deserve. And we're living from a new source, no longer from our own flesh, but from um, the spirit of God. Regeneration is not something that continually happens. Regeneration is an accomplished event. Um, mothers in the room who have birthed children realize that birth is an accomplished event. Thankfully, you're not continually to birth your child for years and years and years to come. So although Lily was birthed by my wife like almost 14 years ago, that was an accomplished event. But however, her maturity and growing is an ongoing process. So we want to kind of make sure we distinguish these two things. So regeneration or our new birth is an accomplished event by God. Um, this from our end requires our passive surrender. We're not birthing ourselves. We're not doing anything. We're receiving this from God. And uh, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> the, the prophets talk about this hope that one day God is going to give us a new heart. He's going to remove our heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh, with the heart of flesh. And he's going to put his spirit within us. That's in Ezekiel. And the reason this needs to happen is because sin hardens our heart to God. And we can't actually receive the love he has for us. And so we need a whole new mechanism to receive what God has for us. And so the, the, one, the thing is, is that um, this new heart is the only thing that is able to receive the one force strong enough to actually change us. And that, of course, is the transforming love of God. Okay, so is the gift good? Yes. yes. Is the giver good? Yes. yes. So now we're on to us. So humanity. We, we have been offered this gift in and through Jesus from a lavishly good God. And so for us, what we need to realize and come to terms with, and the sooner the better, is that we are in need of regeneration. That we are, in fact, in the darkness and need to be brought into the light that we need a new life. The way that we are living is not working for us, right? And for those of us who are following Jesus, there's that big moment of that, but there's little micro moments of this along the way, of us still realizing like, oh man, I am trying to live out of my own strength, or I'm still in the darkness here and not living in the light. So what happens for us as human beings, this is kind of big um, meta, is that sin or our desire to live without God has left us unable to see the good gifts offered to us in the kingdom of God. And so what we've done repeatedly is we've rejected God's rule. And what we've done is we've imposed our own rule on others and, and lived that out ourselves. And so that has wreaked havoc on our own souls and also on the world around us. Those of, those of us who are in relationship with and on out into creation itself, us living out our own rule and the definition of good and evil does no good. And so what, in short, as we're thinking about receiving this gift, we as humanity have done nothing to deserve this gift, actually. We haven't earned uh, a new beginning and a new source. We've worked ourselves away from God and not towards God. And so that kind of can, can ease that, that pressure of looking around the house to how do I pay you back for these cookies that you've made? What have I done to deserve these? The, the, the reality is nothing. We've done nothing. We don't actually deserve what God gives us. What we deserve is death, and, and what happened is Jesus took that for us in its fullest measure on our behalf. And so Jesus took what we deserve and gave us what he deserves. So we deserve death, and he gives us life. Yeah. We have lived into sinfulness and unrighteousness, and God gives us in Jesus his righteousness. 
right? So we're reclothed by God in that. We're hidden with Christ. And so what happens is we um, live into this and have, have experienced this and received this. We become this rescued, ransomed, redeemed revenant of God's people here on this earth right here, right now. People who were once dead who have now become alive. People who were once slaves who are now sons. People who were old creations have become new creations. And this is the, the destiny of us in God. And here's the thing. We are now, as we receive this, we are empowered and infused and indwelt by the spirit of Jesus. And so there's, there's something about that needing to be engaged. And I talked about this before that um, imagine if someone came to you and, and said, um, how, how did I say this before? Sorry, give me a sec. Imagine if you had the spirit of LeBron James in you. Everyone know who LeBron James is? Basketball player, really good basketball player. Arguably the best basketball player. And so he is incredibly talented at a specific sport, has all kinds of skill sets, an ability to see things and do things. Imagine if you had the spirit of LeBron James in you and you never played basketball again. That would be silly. Or the spirit of Jamie Oliver, the, the chef, and you never cooked. That would make no sense. And, and that's the thing is we have this spirit of God living in us that we sometimes we don't engage. We don't live in his world. We try to bring God into our world rather than living into his world. And so what this spirit does, and so as recipients of this, humanity undeserving, we've been given this lavish gift, this spirit, what it, what it does is new creations is people who are lost, who have now been found, who are dead, and are learning how to live. The spirit enables us to respond to this gift of God. And this is where I really want to land today, is how do we receive and how do we respond to, this, to, to being regenerated, to receiving a gift that we don't deserve? How do we, re, how do we respond? And like I said in the beginning, like I, I am not good at receiving gifts, and, and let alone lavish gifts. So what are we supposed to do? And I think often what I want to do, if I'm just speaking personally, I want to earn what God's given me. And so I want to go and try. I want to do all the things I can do. I want to be the best I can be. I want to fast more and pray more and read the Bible more and, and earn it. But deep down, that's because I want to be worthy of that. I want to earn what God can only gift to me. And I was thinking about it and praying about it. It's almost like God's like, hey, dude, your, your money's no good here. Your money's no good here. And with a smile on his face, like, hey, that's not how this works. Much like my friends are probably like, hey, please don't give me a toonie for these cookies that, that we made. Um, these are gluten-free. They cost way more than a toonie. <laughs> The fact is, I could never repay, we can never repay God for what he's given us. And so let us not waste energy trying to do that. How do we respond, though? So God offers to us an abundant life that he paid for in full. And this is the life we've always wanted, whether we know it or not. So often we feel life is, is, is demoralizing, like we're out of breath. We look for different things to satisfy and sustain to give us purpose and hope. And as those things kind of fail us, we just go on to the next thing and the next thing. And so we're all on this journey of trying to understand what it means to be human, what it understands to be fully alive. And Jesus offers us the, the, the answer. He's saying, hey, come live under my rule and reign. Come learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me how to be a human being. Learn how to be fully alive in this kingdom right here and right now. So God offers us this gift and, and it's, it's paid for completely fully, and it's the thing we, we need, whether we know it or not. The thing we long for deep down, whether we know it or not. So we, as people, 
as, as people who are claiming to be Christians, as people who are following Jesus, we need to get good at receiving things. That's where we start here. It's like, how do I just say thank you to God? And what does a life of continual thank you look like? How do I live out my thank you in the, in the way that I treat my friends? How do I live out my thank you in the way that I process um, money? How do I live out my thank you in the way that I see people who don't know God yet? How do I live out my thank you in fill-in-the-blank way? But the thing is, as we, re- as we understand that uh, the, the reality is that everything we have is actually a gift from God, there's a beautiful invitation to thankfulness and gratitude that can fuel us through the most difficult times and circumstances. That, man, like even, a, even the fact that life is a gift is beautiful. For us who have been in quarantine for the last couple of weeks, even going outside into bleak winter is a gift. Like there's little things that when we begin to be thankful and realize what was and what is now in Jesus, it, it, it shapes and changes the way that we see things, right? So when we talk about things like spiritual disciplines and our engagement and our interaction with, with God, our effort with what God's already done, this is where it's birthed out of. It's not, again, it's not to earn God's favor. It's not, it's not to earn anything that we could never earn on in our own merit or anything like that. It's, it's a response to a lavishly good God giving us an extravagant gift that we never deserved. And so how do, we, how do, I, li- how do I engage the gift that God's given me? So God's, the gift of God is a new life, a new beginning and a new source. So how, what does it look like, for, uh, forgive the, the triteness, but how do we eat that cookie? What does that mean? And I think that's what we're going to talk about and think about over the next few weeks is what does it look like to fully engage with the gift that God's given me? Okay, I have this new life. I'm empowered by the spirit. I'm, he's given me what I'm deeply longing for. So how do I engage that? And so we're going to look at things like different spiritual disciplines. We're going to look at things about like being filled with the spirit. But all of those things are not meant to get the gift. They're in response to the gift that's already been given to us by a lavishly good God. Does that make sense? Okay. And so we need to get good at receiving things. I I started off saying I suck at it. I'm not good at receiving things. And so how do we live lives of of gratitude to God that, man, you rescued me. You found me in in my deepest, darkest despair. And you keep on finding me in my micro despair. You, You are with me in the middle of it, God. And you empower me and enable me to, to sing to you when I don't feel like it or all these things. So we receive this new life as a gift. We live fully alive to God and to others. We are growing in our awareness of his goodness and grace. We are engaging with whatever comes our way with this new power from above as we embrace the way of Jesus. Okay, We breathe deep in the fact that there's nothing we could do to, to, to earn or deserve this new life but instead rejoice in a God so lavish and loving that he rescued us from the depths of despair to bring us into his family, bringing us close to his heart into union with himself and with others. Praise God. So how I want us to end this morning, guys, is Kevin's going to lead us in communion, which I think is another way we're, we're, we're enjoying, we're ingesting, we're tasting of the life of God as we do that. But I want to just pray for us that God would pour out his spirit on us in a, in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. That, that I, I, I know, I sense, I feel in my own life, in, I, in the room, that there is like uh, a downtroddenness. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes sense. You know, we've been through a lot of crap. Um, I would say a different word, but um, 
I'm recording, and Cassie's recording, and Trish's hearing aid is on. But, um, but, but the good news is that God sees us in that. He's, he's come to rescue us again, to offer us again. Hey, come live from a new beginning. Come live from a new source. And so how are we going to respond? How are we going to engage in that? And so there's hope in him. There's, there's purpose even in what we've gone through, that God uses all things to make us more like himself. And so let me just pray. If you guys want to stand, um, and I'm just going to pray. <coughs> and it's going to be simple because God delights in giving this gift of his spirit. Jesus talks about that. Um, how us being evil fathers love to give good gifts to our children. How much more the father loves to give us his spirit. So it's mostly just us going to be saying thank you to God. Okay, guys? And so... I will, I'll start us off, and then we'll spend about two minutes. So if any, any of you guys want to pray on your own words, too, just a, a desire for more of God's Spirit, um, just do so in your own words. But let me start, and then I'll close, and then we'll head into communion. <clears throat> Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, you know each and every person in this room. You know what's going on inside them, Lord, um, around them. And I ask that you come minister to their hearts right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you're with us in the middle of difficult times. Jesus, you talk about, like, we don't want to remove these people from the world, but... We want them to live differently in the world. And so we thank you, Lord, that you, you don't promise us an easy way, but you promise us your presence in the middle of difficulties. And so, Lord, I ask for us to be able to discern and to, to know your presence with us, God. And, and, and that, that that would become enough for us and that, that we would see um, that the gift that you've given us, Lord, is, is more than enough. That the fact that you've brought us back from the dead, that you have given us a new life, um, that you've put your spirit inside of us is more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And so may we learn by your spirit how to live into that, how to, how to fully embrace this new life that you've given us. Yes. And even to do that, Lord, like we were praying about already, it's like you, you keep me hungry and you keep me fed. We need your spirit to even understand that. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come in a fresh way? Fill us up afresh, Lord. Show us, lead us, guide us, empower us to fully live out this new life that you've called us to, God. May there be this new blending of of understanding the the gift of grace and also our own engagement with that, God. A partnership that we've not seen before, um, like we see in the life of Jesus. Of yielding to you continually, but being empowered by the Spirit showing up, um, enduring all those things. So come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you told us to come to you and we are weary and heavy laden and that we would find rest for our souls. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that you have told us to learn from you. For you are <coughs> and you are humble of heart, Lord God. And 
we would find rest for our souls. And so we do that, Lord. And Jesus, I think of that picture of the road to the ditches, and I think of all the, the screaming voices going on in the world, and all different sides and all different ditches, Lord, but you call us just to walk in your love. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the road, Lord, just whatever road we're on, Jesus, just holding your hand and being so loved. And that when we're so loved and, and, and walking in the midst of a love is mm-hmm. that then we, we don't need to worry about all the voices, God. So I just thank you that we can take a hold of your hand like a little child and just walk with you through all of it, just yes. being loved and, and loving. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. We just yes. receive you freshly. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, as we take communion together today, would you, would you reveal to us just what, how, how Jesus saved us? Like, that we would see him um, not just as our teacher, but as our Savior, that he has rescued us and ransomed us and redeemed us from um, the clutches of, of hell and, and delivered us into a wide open place uh, in your kingdom, God. And so, we... We say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us, that there was a cost involved here and you were the one who paid it. And um, we are grateful for that. So we trust you, God, with with where we're at as individuals and as a church community and just ask for you to keep moving 
and speaking and that you'd show us how to follow the way of Jesus more clearly. We love you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.